Just wanted to give you a heads up, the uh, audio side, my side of this conversation between myself and David Fishoff, the founder of Rock Camp, and our discussion about the film Rock Camp, the movie, uh, is uh, been distorted. Uh, my microphone, for whatever reason, was either malfunctioning or there was a loose connection or something, but it, it sounds uh, not good from my side. David sounds fine. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that there's a bit of a technical issue in uh, the conversation between myself and David Fishoff. So you've been warned, but uh, David's fine. So if you can get through my part of it, I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Summer camp meets Spinal Tap as we journey to rock and roll fantasy camp where dreamers from across America and around the world gather to shred with their heroes to learn to rock with the legends. Rock Camp is an institutional cultural phenomenon that is has been going on in Los Angeles and New York and other cities around the country. Rock Band was the brainchild of the producer, music producer David Fishoff, and he is our going to be our guest today. This we're talking, but we're going to be talking about Rock Camp, the movie, which for the last four decades uh, has been an amazing enterprise, bringing together not only these rock and roll heroes like Roger Daltrey, Alice Cooper, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Nancy Wilson, Joe Perry, Jeff Baggs, Flash, and others. But it also brings together these people who love music and who love the community of music making. And this is what this is about. And uh, the film, again, is called Rock Camp, the movie. And we're joined today by the brainchild behind all of this. And that would be David Fishoff. David, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. And, you know, I know you're on a college campus and there's nothing more that I enjoy of, of you know, talking to college kids and, and high school kids because, you know, it, it's what helped, it helped me. You know, the younger generation, um, when I was older, it was the, it, when I was younger, the older ones helped me. So, yeah. you know, we pass it on. Well, I have to ask for our audience, uh, do, you, do you play? Do you, are you? No. You know, it's, it's sad. I try playing. I play a little guitar, but then that F chord, I couldn't get my hand over the fret, you know. <laughs> I play a little drums. I play the keyboards. You know, I wasn't good enough. I tried. I tried to be in my brother's band. You know, that's, so, so really that, that, that was the impetus of, of, you know, when they making rock and roll fantasy camp. I keep saying I'm going to go through the camp and wanting to learn and I end up having to work the whole time. But um, it's really, I give people a lot of credit. I give people who come to camp a lot of credit because, you know, the biggest thing about rock and roll fantasy camp, you know, people are scared to come and, and they're scared to come. They're scared to jam with their heroes. And once they do this, I and mean, the ones who do come, they keep coming back and back all the time because it's like an addiction. And, um, but what it does is it, it, it shows them that they can, if, if they can do this, they can do anything. They go back, they run their businesses better. Every woman has said to me, my husband is a better husband now. So the fact that, and they become better musicians because you're learning from, when you play with better people, then it takes you up another level. Um, but, the, but we take beginners, we, be, you know, we take a lot of beginners, come in, give them the confidence, 
And um, so it's been an amazing experience. And I get it. I get it when people say they're nervous about coming. And, you know, I can't jam with Jeff Beck. I was once invited to Michael Jordan basketball camp. He had a fantasy camp. And my friend called me up and says, I'm taking you as a gift. I said, I'm not going to Michael Jordan basketball camp. I'm not going to play one-on-one with Michael Jordan or three-on-three with a bunch of guys who, who think they're going to be in the NBA and they're 50 years old like me. No way. So I understand that fear factor. What I loved about the film is it really showed the people that were able to break through. And uh, that's what I love most about the film. Yeah, when I was approached about uh, a conversation about the film, and I thought, well, yeah, this will be good. It'll, you know, this will be a, uh, these are all great people that are in it. But there's so much joy in this movie. I like what you said. It's joy. And you know what? It, here's what it is. This movie takes you straight up. I give Doug Blush. He's an amazing filmmaker. You know, after three editors, he said, let me take this film. I know what to do with it. Just, you know, let, let me cook, the, let me cook the, uh, the dinner. Stay out of it. Let me do what I do. He had a final cut. He did it. Um, it was Jeff Rowe's idea to do this. Jeff was an executive at VH1 and NBC. I'm glad you said that because it really is in times we're living now. It's so important to be able to watch something and see some joy. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing Doug Blush into the conversation. He directed and produced it. He is an editor of some renown. He, he edited uh, 20 Feet from Stardom, as well as uh, Period End of Sentence, and the consulting editor on Oscar winning Icarus. And Icarus is an amazing film. There's just, that's a great body of work. He's done, a, he's, done, he's done over 100 films he's been involved in. So you have this history uh, that you mentioned, you know, you, you, you tried playing um, and Believe me, I, I can relate. I tried, and I just know that it isn't in the stars. So, um, and I, I want to make a movie, but I don't know if that's in the stars. So I talk to filmmakers. So I mean, I can sort of relate to what you're what you're talking about here. But it's never I, too late. I hope people get one thing from it. That was my initial dream. That is never too late. You know, unlike baseball fantasy camps, you know, you can never be a pro baseball player. Uh, after 35, you know, even those guys can't hit the ball out of the park anymore. But and Mick Jagger is 80 years old. Ringo's 80 years old. These people um, are still working. And it comes to show you that at any age, you can accomplish anything you want to do. And that's what I'm really hoping comes out. And it doesn't have to necessarily be in music. It can be in anything that you want to do. That's really another point that I, I hope people see in the film. And there's something in your life story that that reminds me of, and that is one of the things that made you as a promoter uh, of music was the monkeys. You organized the return, the reunion tour for the monkeys. You mentioned earlier in our conversation, when you were growing up, you watched the monkeys. So, I mean, you took something that you probably assume because I loved the show when I was growing up. I thought it was hilarious. I thought they were great. Even though there was this sort of monkeys, Beatles kind of thing at the, when they first came on the scene, who do you like? You know, kind of the sort of weird rivalry that Stones or Beatles. There are always these kind of weird things that pop up in music, but I always took them for what they were. They were they were musicians. Those those songs, those albums hold up very well. And you, I assume, loved them. And you got into their life, right? Is that am I misstating any of this? Or first of all, a couple of facts: the Beatles, the, the Monkeys sold more records than the Beatles. In the first two, in the two years, the monkeys, I think it was 64, 65, 66. They were phenomenal, the monkeys. They were a television show. The brilliance of that were the producers. They put four guys in a room and they said, you're going to become the monkeys. 
They weren't like the, they're not like the Beatles who sat in a garage and they grew up together with the high school together. They were put in a room. These guys went out and Bert Rafelson and, uh, and, and Schneider, they went and got the best songs. They went to Neil Diamond. They went to Carol King. They manufactured Boyce, that band. Boyce and, and Jim Hart. Right? Oh, Boyce and Hart was great. Yeah. And then yeah. they, and they, and they made the first videos, first music videos. So it was brilliant. They were so huge. Um, the Beatles were more from the ground up and they were, you know, that's why they lasted longer because they had, they grew up from friendships. The, the, the monkeys really had no, there were four guys in a room. Okay. You're going to be stars tomorrow, but I love them. Their music again, was happy, was fun, was uplifting. You watched the TV show, you laughed. That show lasted for years and years. Now, when I put the band back together, it was 1986. So I went to, you know, I went to Peter Tork and um, I met him in, in New York. He was, he was doing, giving out music lessons. He was a piano teacher and someone recommended him. So I brought him to one of my oldie shows that I was doing. I, he was sitting on the side of the stage in 1985. I said, hey, I would do anything to get the monkeys back together. He says, we don't own the name, the monkeys. That's owned by Columbia Pictures. You got to call them. So I called Columbia Pictures and I licensed the name, the monkeys, that logo, that guitar logo. I had to make separate deals with Mickey, Davey, and Peter. I didn't go after Mike because everyone said, you're never going to get him. His mother invented liquid paper. He's a multi-zillionaire. He'll never do it. And so I just took the three of them. And I, I went to, to New York and to, I took, went out to lunch with the guy who, who, who basically controlled the, the, the name, the monkeys, the licensing. And he says, David, no one has asked for this name in 20 years. What do you want to do? I said, I'm doing an oldie show. I got... The Turtles, I got, and I've been doing these oldie shows. So I'm, I got, I got the Herman Hermits, the Grassroots, Gary Puckett, Union Gap, and I want to add the monkeys to the package. So he says, yeah, no problem. It gives me a price. Now I'm out there signing. I, I meet Davey. I, I meet Mickey. And we're all ready, set to go on tour. Two months before the tour, about a, a week before I'm ready to go on sale, MTV announces that they're going to do 24 hours of monkeys. I'm in 1775 Broadway is my office. I'm on the seventh floor. On the eighth and ninth floor is this network called MTV. I'm going up and down the elevator and I bump into Bob Pittman and um, I go up to his office and I say, Mr. Pittman, he's the president of MTV. Currently he's the president now of iHeart. And I said to him, um, you know, I'm doing the monkeys. And he said, well, aren't you the sports agent? Don't you represent Phil Sims and all that? I said, I do, but I want to do a monkey show. He says, sit down, kid. And I sit down and he says, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to promote your monkey concert tour on my fledging, on my network MTV, but you got to take my logo and put it on all your print ads. And as seen on MTV, my, my new fledging network, that's, I'll never forget the words, my new fledging network MTV. So he puts it on, he puts it on television announcing this tour. I put it in all my ads. We go on sale. Now the previous years I was doing happy together tours. And I was selling 2,000 tickets, 3,000 tickets a show. This time I go on sale and I sell 35,000 seats in Chicago. I sold out like the amphitheater, all the seats in the back, Detroit, all the seats. You know what happened? All these little girls came home and they saw it on sale and they come running home at 10 o'clock in the morning and the box office opened at nine o'clock and their mothers tell them, where were you all night? Mommy, I'm, I'm sorry, I went online, I, I went to buy monkey tickets. And the mothers were screaming, why didn't you tell me I wanna go? They didn't realize that it was a band from 20 years back. And you know that TV show is so powerful. They yeah. keep showing it now. And they, you know, people don't know. 
And it, it was unbelievable. First 20 rows were girls screaming and then their mothers 20 rows back were screaming. So yeah, I, I don't think they ever got the recognition of how big they were and, and the happiness that they were. And you know, I hope one day they deserve to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's interesting that I would, thank you for bringing that, that up. And if in some very small way that this conversation can be part of that effort, uh, I'd be happy to do that because there are the expansive uh, definition of what rock and roll bands are now that make it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's no way in the world you cannot include the monkeys in that conversation. No, not at all. records, concerts. I mean, I was yeah. there. My ears are probably torn because the, the screams, I never saw screams at concerts. You know, you, maybe the Backstreet Boys, but nothing. The monkeys were it. They were, I, I really think it's unfair that they don't get, they don't get the treatment that they, and, and part of it was them too. You know, you know, yeah. I, I think, I think internally they were, they were disappointed that they, they had a bad deal. Um, and, and they didn't have a bad deal because at the time there were no deals like this being made. No one knew it was going to be great. You know, no one knew what it was going to be. I've done 20 interviews so far in the film, 18 of them only want to talk about the monkeys. So I'm telling you, there is something in people's hearts that they, the, the monkeys were part of everyone's life. Everyone identified with one of the monkeys. You know, when I learned the rock and roll fantasy game, all my years, I can say, I learned some lessons. Number one, if you're in a band, listen. Number two, it's about listening more and it's following everybody else. And I, I think the biggest thing is everyone who plays a solo, it doesn't work. So, um, it's, so one of the exciting things about Rock Camp is, you know, you, people come to my camp. They've never met before. Uh, many of them have never met. They come for the first time and they're put in a room with a rock star counselor. And as you see in the film, his job is to put together the best band possible. So it's almost like an NFL coach. You know, why does Bill Belichick win every year? He wins because he gets the same draft picks as everybody else. Okay, this year was an off year, but he gets the same draft picks and he knows how to put it together. It's producing. That's what makes a great record producer, putting all the elements together. And I think um, what, I, what you learn most is that um, everybody has to play a particular role in a band. So I've seen these counselors um, take the worst bands and make them the best because they know how to tell everybody what to do and put a team together. So it's really powerful. Um, and yeah, I think it is. you see that in the film, how they put these bands together. The film is called Rock Camp, the movie, and it is out. It's going to be available. Uh, I believe it's out now. This So today you'll be able to check this out. You can go to rockcampthemovie.com to find out more about film about the screening and and to your point you have a program you come into a basically to a, a environment that is encouraging and loving and you put these people in the best position to do well you know that's what to me rock, that's what rock camp's about is is taking somebody and showing them that, and and it becomes you know so many companies have called me because they see they say to me david you're the best team building you know the team building aspect of rock camp is unbelievable because these people never met before and they become a team in four days. So, and, and I emphasize that to my counselors, they know that. And, and they're, they're great. They're amazing. There's a lot of people that come across really well in the film, but I thought Roger Daltrey really seems to somebody who really, it seems like somebody who really embraced. Roger Daltrey, I probably wouldn't have done this camp, uh, continue 
doing it for years if it wasn't for Roger Daltrey um, because um, he's always encouraged me. He loves what it does. He loves that it gives jobs to so many musicians. But more important, I think what he he's a regular guy and he loves his fans and he's not into hip, not hip. He, you know, he, he's, let's do it. If it's fun, let's do it. And he's probably been the single reason it's lasted 25 years. On a side note, his biggest goal in life now is his charity work that he does for Teenage Cancer America. He, he's built uh, teenage um, locations in all hospitals that uh, teenagers can get their cancer treatments instead of taking them with older people or with babies. He's built these centers and he's been so dedicated. He got knighted by the queen. And that's what I love most about him is that he's real. He is, he comes off great in the film and he's a very, very special person. It's all about, it really is all about his charities. Um, well, but I think what you see in the film is even, even um, Alice Cooper, but how about, how about Gene Simmons? Yeah. It's amazing how he comes across. Paul Stanley. I mean, these guys that when they, when they're sitting, they're talking to their peers. I'll call them their peers. They are their peers. They're not professionals, but they're their peers. Uh, and he says, he gives them the straight shit. I mean, if you will, he, he tells right. them, and he tells them why it's important to be a man, why it's important to be, to, to have this, this connection with the people you play with and the lessons he's learned over the years. And by the way, if people want to be a part of rock camp, let's throw in a, let's throw in a plug. What, what, what do they need to do to be in the rock camp? Camp.com. You know, we're not doing camps now because of COVID, but as soon as we get back, put your name on the email list, rockcamp.com. And, um, and, and we'll, we'll send you a newsletter. The next camp is going to be with the Scorpions. Uh, we were supposed to do them in Vegas. Uh, we we're supposed to do a cheap trick in New York. We were doing a Beale camp with cheap trick doing Sergeant Peppers. But, you know, COVID closed us down. But, you know, we do master classes every night. Every night we do these classes where well, for $50, people could come on and they could talk to Roger Daltrey and they can listen to these master classes. So that's also on our website. That's been a lot of fun for us and to see the passion. But I got to give you a, a great story that I think you'll 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 enjoy because it just came to mind. You reminded me. Joe Perry is doing a question, a Q and A at camp, and and again, here's what's great about camp. You know, unlike these meet and greets that these people get at concerts. Hi, goodbye. Take a picture. Goodbye. These rockers stay. I mean, Nick Mason stayed for four days. I tell him to stay for a few hours. Slash stayed for twelve hours. He said it was the hardest work he had to do. Sammy Hager. They don't. They, Gene Simmons. Hours. They stay hours. A, it reminds them what it was like when they first started. They all wish that they had an opportunity to be coached by these counselors when they started. So they, they see the identification. But one thing that stands out in my mind was uh, Joe Perry did, doing a Q&A. And he asked one of the, you know, he said, they take questions. You know, we, 80 campers take questions. And they spend hours talking to them. And the guy raises his hand. And Joe turns to him and says, so what do you do for a living? He says, me? He says, I'm a doctor. And on weekends, I play, you know, I'm, I'm in a guitar. I play in a tribute band. He says, let me tell you something. He says, you're a guitarist first. You do that medical crap to pay for your guitars. And the guy said, yeah, 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 that's me. That's me. <laughs> so a musician is a musician. And, yeah. you know, and that's so interesting because that's that's really what they identify with. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier. And I, I, I want to get to this before we, we close our conversation. And as you mentioned, the two kids in the film one with autism and one with a severe brain injury, not injury, but brain disorder that we see in the camp, particularly the, the gentleman with the, the autism. These two young men who come in and uh, are part of it, and we follow their story. And 
uh, it's it'll tear you up. It'll just break you up because it's yeah. it, it's remarkable. The campers are amazing. The rockers are amazing. It, it's you know I didn't realize when I when I put rock camp together that if it wasn't for these rock stars, it never would happen. The fact that they enjoy it and they and they like coming back over and over again um, is what is really what makes makes it you know makes it easy for me to get it together. If they didn't enjoy it um, and they took it as an appearance, um, you know, of course you pay them. And but you know, the first time you pay them, the second time they come, most of them give it to charity. They realize how amazing the experience is at camp, and um, and many of them told me their best friends today are these campers and the campers too, they, they're the campers in the bands. It's just amazing. You know what it really shows you the power of what music can, can really do it. It is so yeah. powerful music, you know, it really makes people happy. And um, I think in the, in the, in the um, end of the film, I, I, I love revealing, but, um, but my dad, cause my dad was a survivor of, the, of concentration camps. Oh. And there's a book called the yellow star. And in the yellow star, um, it was it was it was written by a guy named Unsdorfer. They just republished it. It's on uh, Amazon. Really a great book. It's about my father and five and five um, of his buddies meet in Auschwitz, and they survive Auschwitz and Buchenwald. And they always talk about my dad. My dad was the singer. My dad was the funny one. He was a comedian, and it was through laughter and and music that that he survived. And thank God I had him for eighty two years. So very interesting how 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 the power of music just. Um, People should embrace it more and really respect it and understand it. Wonderful point. Let me just say this in closing. You strike me as someone who is always looking for challenges, always looking over the horizon, looking at life as an opportunity. What What are you working on? Or are you going to? Is this rock camp your life? Or I have a feeling you're doing a lot of other things as well. Is it well, you know, I, I got married about uh, 18 years ago, and I have two teenagers, and I have seven grandchildren, and I have five children total. That has become a lot of my life, too, because I will tell you in the beginning when I was touring and touring, touring, I was gone. So I love spending time, you know, being home and helping kids do homework now. But I, I'm, you know, because of COVID, I'm, I'm really working on the master classes and I'm enjoying these camps. I really am because every camp I meet 80 new people. I'm changing 80 lives and they're going back and changing their families' lives. You know, while Rock Camp is not a, a business like a concert where you know, where they can keep um, opening the fences and, and make Coachella huge, or they can play like big arenas from a club. It's limited, but I can't tell you that it's been such an awesome experience to meet these super people and these kids and these adults and, and seeing how they mesh together and just see the reaction. So I really feel like I'm doing God's work. I, I, yes, the film to me is very exciting. I give, I give Doug Bush a lot of credit for, for taking it and Jeff Rowe. I'm going to keep doing camps. It's fun. I have no other desire to, I think I've done everything. I've represented ball players that played in the Super Bowl. Um, I've had a great career. And if I can just keep doing good, then uh, you know what? They always say it and people don't believe it, but it's, it's more fun to give than to receive. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, this, all of this energy flows from the top. Uh, it is Rock Camp, the movie. It's Rock Camp, the experience. It's, it's all of these things. And uh, I want to thank you so very much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Again, Please the film is called, my pleasure, the film is called Rock Camp the Movie. You can go to rockcampthemovie.com to find out more about it. Uh, David mentioned you can go to rockcamp. Rockcamp.com. That's what I thought I wanted to mention. Rockcamp.com to find out when these things will, when our lives will return to some semblance of normal and you can get involved. 
Well, I, I got a guitar right behind me. I got a, a really nice acoustic guitar. Well, go um, for it because you know, there's so many free lessons. You know, there's so many free lessons online. It's incredible. I'll, I'll leave you with this story. People, people say to me, oh, I'm great. I'm a great player. I'm a great player. And I want to be an advanced band. I usually go ask the rock star, can the guy play? Can the girl play? Is she really good? He says, David, I play my guitar five hours every day. And this is a pros. They, they, the pros. Okay. Keith Richards plays five hours every day. Joe Walsh plays five hours every day. In order to keep your fingers, to keep it, your tones, everything like that, these people work just like professional athletes. So you, it's like anything else. You got to work at it. You got to practice it. And, and, and then you could become really good. Pleasure, David Fishoff. Thank, Thank you so very much for being here on, a, on, on the show. And uh, I look forward. I don't know why and how it'll happen, but I look forward to talking to you again. So And, and come to camp. When camps come by, come by oh. camps. And, and you can broadcast live from there. That's a great idea. Broadcast yeah. from, from rock camp. Absolutely. Uh, that's, oh, wow. All right. Take care, David. Thank we'll you. We'll be in touch. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.